Thank you for joining us here at First Baptist Church of San Antonio, whether online or on broadcast, in your homes or wherever you may be. We want you to know that you are more than welcome to be a part of the life of this church. And we want you to know that we want you to meet Jesus today. In order for this to happen regularly, we need your support. We need your prayers and we need your financial gifts. Please continue to give and be a part of what we do today. This week, we have been reading together Ephesians 6, 17 through 20. So if you would find that on your listening sheet, we're going to read those verses out loud together. And as you find that, let's stand to read. This then is the text for today. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit which is the Word of God. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit, and with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petitions for all the saints, and pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in proclaiming it, I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. May God bless the reading of his word. A good military commander ensures that you are successful. A, a good military commander that is in his station over you will watch out for you, will take care of you, will prepare the way for you, and train you up so that you may go the way that you're called to go. A good military commander knows that they are completely responsible for you. And they're going to hold that both in authority and with great responsibility. A good military commander is going to make sure that you go through the training that you need to go through. Now, that is more than push-ups and 5Ks. We, we know that there's more to it than that, and as you're called to your mission, there are specific maneuvers that you are called to carry out. And along the way, you're being prepared for those specific maneuvers, and those specific maneuvers will have specialized equipment. And a good commander isn't going to send you into a combat zone with specialized equipment that you don't know how to use. They're going to make sure that you're ready. See, every step of the way, the commander is going to take care of you because they want to avoid the situation that we saw when we read about King Saul and King David as they faced the battle with Goliath. As Goliath was pressing in on the nation of Israel, King Saul didn't know what to do. 
And so as David came in, King Saul began to throw at him things that would not work, armor that did not fit. And King Saul would have been happy to send David out with this ill-fitting equipment, unprepared for the battle that he was about to face. King Saul was going to send David out into a loss. Destruction was coming, and the nation of Israel would then retreat. A good military commander, though, handles things very differently than the way King Saul did. Good military commander. Make sure that you have what you need for a successful mission. Takes care of you on the way so that you have the best opportunity for success. And that's what we need in this life. A commander who will handle the details and train us up for what's in front of us. See, when we come to Ephesians chapter 6 this week, Ephesians 6 analyzes life in this way. It uses the analogy and the practical reality of war that is set in and around us. That God is the perfect military commander who provides everything necessary for his children, for his soldiers, for the fight that's in front of them. That God gives you everything that you possibly need for success. You see, it's as if, or the present reality, that there is a battle taking place. And on one side is God and the armies of heaven, and on the other side, Satan and his minions pushing through, whether we can see it or not, into a battle and a collision course with the kingdom of God. Ephesians 6 says we are, as believers in Jesus Christ, soldiers in that battle, servants in the kingdom of God, that we are a part of a massive Christian army to carry out direct orders of our perfect commander. And as Ephesians 6 lays this out as a spiritual reality, it says this is our life. This is our daily trial. You know, there, there are a lot of people who like to play war, where we run around with walkie-talkies saying, get them, or hide, or we run up in our treehouse, and we call down below. There's also a lot of people like to play war. We play video games like Call of Duty. And in that, you have this simulated reality of something that was real one day or a time ago, right? There's video games where you can relive D-Day or the urban combat that soldiers are facing in the Middle East. And, and as you play war, you, you start to think you know the best way to handle the battles that are actually happening. But playing war is much different than actually being there. See, people that, that play war and have plastic equipment, 
They, they think of it more as a hobby. Or, or even war becomes something that's, that's the, the best brunch topic to have on a morning of the weekend. But, but this war is not a game. Serving in the kingdom of God is not something that can be done in your spare time. Serving in the kingdom of God is is not something that can be done as some sort of thought experiment. Serving in the kingdom of God can't be something that's done at your favorite brunch spot. When Jesus says, follow me, and, and we hear that call of the Christ saying, follow me, This isn't for an hour or two. This is a commitment under the kingdom of God that that we are signing up for a lifetime of service in the kingdom of God. Christianity and serving in God's kingdom isn't something for amateurs and hobbyists. You see, if we think we can do it as a hobby, we're going to fall flat on our face. Now, I, I want you to hear me here. Coming and serving in the kingdom of God isn't something that you need to be an expert in. It's not something that's done in your knowledge. And in fact, you don't have to be strong either. It's not in your strength. God isn't looking for the strongest or the smartest to serve in the kingdom of God. In fact, what God is looking for are those that are loyal Those that are committed to serving daily in the kingdom of God. That is what God needs of you. Somebody somebody committed. Somebody loyal. God will provide the strength, the wisdom, the intelligence. See, Ephesians chapter 6 reminds us that there is this transformative work that happens at the cross of Jesus Christ that pours down from the cross and into our hearts that transforms our lives into something different. That once we come to serve in the kingdom of God, there is new purpose and new life that's not found anywhere else on the face of this earth. In fact, we are now able to serve because of Christ in a way that matters for eternity. Where once we were listless, but now we have purpose in the body and blood of Jesus Christ. And in that way, in the the salvation of God, and, and in the power of the Holy Spirit, we are prepared then for a long work in the kingdom of God. But I want you to notice that even as we categorize and recognize it as a long work of service... This is the only work in this life that's worth it. And I want you to to note this in Ephesians 6, that it goes beyond just a discussion of duration. It goes beyond just a discussion of of significance. But that when God calls you into His kingdom, It's this beautiful picture of the graciousness of God who hears from heaven and and comes down in His Spirit and provides everything that we possibly could need. 
You see, God is the best commander. God is the only commander that matters. You know, as you work down through Ephesians 6, there's some, some clear indications of theology and what we believe about our God. In Ephesians 6.10, you see that it, it is God who gives us the strength. Our strength is never going to be enough for the battle that's in front of us. We are not capable of fighting that which is coming over the horizon, but in the strength of God, we are victorious. You see, our strength and our wisdom are not enough. Our intelligence will not save us, but the intelligence of God of heaven will be our Savior. You see, God takes care of all of that. And as you, you work down through Ephesians chapter 6, you get to verse 14, 15, 16, 17. It says there that this God in heaven, creator of the universe, he sees his children and he knows those of his kingdom. And it's as if he, he opens the heavens up and out of heaven he brings down all of the armor that we could possibly need for this battle that is happening all across the face of this earth. It's as if the Spirit of God brings down the breastplate that we need, the shoes that we need, the shield that we need, the helmet that we need, the sword that we need. The Spirit brings all of this down and sets it at your bedside. There's nothing you, do, you have to do to earn this. There's nothing you have to do to make this happen. There, there's, there's no hurdles that you have to jump over. That in the Spirit, for the kingdom of God, He comes and He sets out all of the armor that you need for the days ahead. It's beautiful. Made of heaven from elements hardened beyond that of this earth. And what you see as Ephesians 6 continues to move down is that, that armor is laid out by the Spirit and next to it is this battle plan. And a picture, a, a battle plan of what you're going to face, and a picture of the enemy. See, in Ephesians 6, as you work down through this, it's clear who the enemy is and where the battle happens. Now, all this is difficult to imagine next to the bedside. But here, as we've read, there's a clear indication of the nature of this battle that we fight. It's of another realm. It's of a darker realm. It's undergirded by, by Satan and his minions who, who, are, who are constantly at battle and are challenging truth from every angle. Flaming arrows coming at a relentless pace battering the kingdom of God. Now, sitting in our pajamas, it sounds quite distressing because we know in, in our heart there is no way for us to stand against the arrows of the evil one. But what Ephesians 6 teaches us that in the kingdom of God, he goes forth. The, the Spirit of the Lord goes forth in front of us. The, the Spirit of the Lord comes, comes, comes upon us as our strength. 
The, the Spirit of God lays out every piece of armor necessary so that you can be ready to stand in the kingdom of God. Now, all of that is preparation, a setup for what lies in front of us today. So if you take that wartime scenario and the soldier is, is gearing up for battle beside their bunk, I mean, we all acknowledge there, there should then be specific steps to follow. There, there are orders to come so that you, you know where to go what to do. What would that, what would happen to that soldier if they got up, they even, they even put on all their armor, and they walked right out, leaving the plans behind, and leaving their communication behind. What would happen? If that soldier leaves the map and leaves the communications and just starts walking towards the horizon, what chance do they have? See, God's telling us here that though our day is fraught with the flaming arrows of Satan's minions attempting to pick us off from every dark corner of the day, our God is greater that our God is prepared and knows the way forward. God operates in God mode, as they say. And that he can see everything. He knows every turn. He, he knows the hiding spot of each demon. And God tells his children, knowing all of those things, do not fear. Because as a child of God, I am with you. Do, do not fear. Because I'm the creator of the heavens and the earth, the omniscient one. And, and what we know to God, there is not a single surprise on the face of this earth. Why then did we step out onto the battlefield of life and turn off our communications? Some of us have, it, have a habit of doing that very thing. You know, if a soldier had someone in their ear who knew every corner coming, they would listen diligently. When the commander says, go, they go. When the commander says, stop, they stop. Those communications are the lifeline in the battle. And yet, there, there are some Christians who make it a point to step out into the world and turn their communication off. For whatever reason, they mute it. Because we have this habit of pride. We think we're, we're better off on our own. We think we know what we're doing. We think we know where we're going. We think we know what's over the next hill and beyond the horizon. We think we understand the enemy. When in reality, we don't even understand ourselves. Why would we turn it off? You know, maybe we, we don't want to think about spiritual warfare. Or, or maybe 
we have this fear of God speaking into every moment of our lives, and when God speaks into every moment of our lives, it changes, changes us, changes what we can do, what we can't do, where we can go, where we won't go. For whatever reason, we read something like, pray at all times in the Spirit. We read something like, be on the alert. And we just assume that it's meant for someone else. Let me remind you this morning, believer and child of God, this text is for you. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, 18 and 19 are for you this morning, that that as we get up and as we put on the armor of God, we are to keep those lines of communication open with our God throughout the day. To, to make sure that we're on target, to make sure that we're headed in the right direction, to, to hear those warnings of danger. God knows every trap and pitfall that has been set for you today. Why would we close off the lines of communication that would give us the fair warning that we need? You know, it's interesting, as, as we come to, to verse 18 for this series on prayer, verse 18 begins in an odd way. Uh, with this phrase, with all. And, and that phrase, in the way it's worded, it's meant to link that paragraph of verses 18 and 19 back up with the paragraph before it. So likely linking it with 14 or 17 or, or really both of those verses. It, so that we know that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob does not leave his soldiers alone. Our God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, does does not leave you abandoned in the field, but but sends the spirit of heaven upon you. God keeps those lines of communication open so that he he can speak directly into our hearts the truth of the present reality. You know, I think that's one of those reasons why we like to, to mute the communications. Because we, we don't want to hear the truth of our present reality. We don't want to deal with that which is in front of us. But when God speaks the truth of heaven, the authority of Scripture into our lives, we need to take that as gold and know that is our salvation. See, God, God gives you this, this armor. He sets it out in front of you. He says, this is for you. And for all that you're going to face today. And as 18, verse 18 is linked to verse 17, God is saying, I'm going I'm to keep the lines of communication open all day long with you. And for you. Why would you ever turn that down? Why would you ever turn that off? There's, there's no sense in it. If, if the creator of the heavens and the earth wants to maintain communication with you, and is going to maintain communication with you in every ordeal, Whatever fiery ordeal you will face today, why would you ever turn that down?
In fact, let us listen carefully to the voice of the Lord this morning. Now, we know that all that we've been talking about here in Ephesians chapter 6 is, is speaking directly to those in the kingdom of God. That if you are in the kingdom of God, all of this is for you. But if you aren't yet in the kingdom of God, let me tell you the story of Rahab. We studied this a few weeks ago. And then the, the nation of Israel, as God's children, are, are pressing into the promised land. They've won numerous battles, and, and they're, they're coming into Jericho. And Rahab and all the people of Jericho have heard of how strong their God is. They've, they've heard of the power of their spiritual army. They, they've heard of the, the strength of their God who parts the waters of the Red Sea. And here, here's Rahab, the, the harlot of Jericho, on its wall, an enemy of the children of God, who, when, when the, the power of, of this army of Israel, the children of God, are pressing in on Jericho to defeat the city, Rahab is allowed to switch sides to, to, to renounce Jericho and stand with the people of God. And in her fear of, of God's coming kingdom, she says, I want God, I don't want Jericho. And when she looked out and said, I want God, not Jericho, God said, come my daughter and welcomed her into his kingdom and his lineage to be a child of God. She switched sides, once was an enemy, now a part of the kingdom of God. See, she went from one to the other, from being an enemy of God to siding with God in an instant. And that mercy that was offered to her by the armies of the living God is available to us this morning. That if we haven't yet surrendered unto the kingdom of God, there is still time. And like Rahab, we can come. We can surrender and say, Lord, I am yours. May that be true of us this morning. Let's pray. Lord, we pray that you would make this so in this church this morning. We pray that your spirit would reach down and touch our hearts in a way that softens them and shapes them so that we might be faithful to you and your kingdom. Lord, we, we pray this morning that every time we turn off communication with you, you would turn it back on. Lord, that you would be persistent and patient. Lord, that you would keep calling and keep calling. And that each one of us would come. That we would come and serve in your kingdom. It's in the name of our Lord and risen Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.